0: Yo, 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 this is Dex.
1: Hi, I'm Esther.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Complicated Discord. We're joined by two guests. Uh, We have
2: Thomas. Hey, I'm Thomas. I'm hailing all the way from Georgia. Uh, You know, I'm I'm, I'm really excited to be on the show today. You know, I'm a a private banker uh, for the last 15 years or so, and uh, I think the topic today has something to do with billing well before, during, and after the pandemic, so I'm really excited to share my uh, thoughts on that. Good to be here. And the next guest is
3: Alex. Hi, uh, y'all. My name is Alexander Peters. I'm a small business owner slash driver by profession, and I guess you could call me an essential worker. Uh, I live in Austin, Texas, and I'm from Belize, Central America.
0: All right, cool, cool. We got a good show for everyone today. Um, So we'll jump right into it. The first topic I wanted to touch on was uh, building wealth. Uh, With everything going on, especially with the pandemic, a lot of people are stuck in situations where they can't afford to live. They can't pay their bills. They can't. You know, buy food. They can't. They can't do the essential things they need to to sustain life. And you know, a big problem is that is that we never thought that this would happen. So we didn't put ourselves in a place to where we can live off of what we have. We can we can live off of what we have, banks and and whatever. So um, so we're gonna try to see. It. We're gonna try to discuss different ways to build wealth before, during, and after the pandemic. Um. And for that, you know, why not bring in a professional? Uh, so, Thomas, what do, you, what, what do you think? What do you think we, we did not do in the first place to put ourselves on better footings to handle a situation like this?
2: Right, right. That's a great question. I'll pay you later for calling me a professional. Thanks. <laughs> so so here, here's what I really think. Um, you know, building a wall before, during, and after the pandemic. The, the first and the last part of that question, like before the pandemic, what you do before the pandemic and after I believe would be the same thing. All right. And I'll talk a little bit about that. So the first thing you have to do is really, uh, understand what wealth is. What, if you go around the room and you ask everybody what's wealth to them, you might get a different answer. Uh, if you look at the dictionary meaning of wealth, it says, you know, it's uh, an abundance of, uh, money and valuable possessions. Well, I beg to differ. I, I say that wealth, wealth is a state of mind and I'll, I'll tell you why. um, Having an abundance of money and value of possessions, those I consider to be attributes of wealth. all right? Um, and I'll, let me explain why I say that. I'm sure we all would agree if I say I make $300,000 a year, all right? I drive several fancy cars, I live in a huge house with acres, uh, and I'm taking trips every so often. Uh, would you perceive me to be wealthy? Yes or no?
0: Um, it, I, would, right? I, would well. yeah. I would perceive you to be doing well. Yeah. Right. If I'm able
2: to do all that, I mean, that's the dictionary meaning, right? An abundance of money and value of possessions. Yeah. When you read this down the third, right? But, you know, what if I'm only able to save $500 at the end of the year? I'm not truly wealthy, right? Because I don't know how to handle my money. So, wealth is, in reality, wealth is a state of mind in its simplest form. All right. And that state of mind is self actualization. And that's where, one actually uh, recognizes their true potential, uh, their skills, their talents, their strengths, their weaknesses, and have worked hard to develop on that and master it, right? And now once you do that, you're, you're in the position to do the right things to achieve a step towards building wealth, and that's financial well-being. And that's basically financial freedom, being able to pick up and do whatever you want, uh, go wherever you want, buy whatever you want without worrying about cost, all right? Once you yep. achieve financial well-being, you now have discretionary funds uh, because you're good at budgeting and saving. You have the discretionary funds to invest into different vehicles that can drive or build, build wealth. All right. So you, you see, to me, wealth is a state of mind. So you you got to do whatever it takes for you to get into that state of mind. You'll find that most happy people are more successful. And that's the truth. When I'm happy, I seem to do a lot better at work, you know, in my personal life, when I'm happy, when I'm sad. Or not feeling myself, you know, it's, it's a total opposite. So, you know, it's just a state of mind. You got to get into that state of mind. Once you get into that state of mind, you'll, you'll, you'll have the necessary, necessary tools, sorry, to build wealth or drive wealth. So, um, you know, that's what you have to do first. All right. If it takes, you know, Going back to school, you know, getting your bachelor's, you know, coming out and then hitting the job market and finding okay. a high paying job so that you can do the things that would acquire the abundance of uh, value of possessions, then that's what you do, right? So, uh, to me, that's, that's wealth and that's how you build wealth. You got to take those steps. And you can't take shortcuts. You have to take the steps.
0: Okay. But the, the thing is, a lot of people didn't, didn't foresee a pandemic coming, you understand? Right. So those people lived, lived to, I, I, for the moment, let's say, they lived for the moment. They didn't set right. aside enough money. They didn't, they didn't, you know, purchase the things that, you know, could have benefited you now. Now, all of a sudden, we're all in the mad dash to try to get our unemployment, to try to sell some of the things that we had before to make ends meet, you know? So now that this started, me, me personally, I, I feel like since this pandemic started, um, a lot of people neglected to do some of these simple things to put themselves in a better place. I.e., when we were on lockdown, you know, people could have, you know, learned about stock markets, learned about investing. Uh, people could have opened up a little small business, you know, because they might have been good at something. And you know, Maybe you're good at writing resumes. Start doing a, being a freelance brother. Maybe you're good at sewing. Start sewing and selling. A lot of people, yeah, and you, you've seen that driven up a lot. A lot of people started, like, like myself, started a lot of podcasts to try to try to make money, you know? Um, at, at this point, you know, do any of you feel like there's something, that, something else that we could have done during the pandemic, during the lockdown, during the stage one and stage two to, to benefit ourselves so we're good not only now, but once we get out of this?
1: I had a question, as a matter of fact, a level of sustainable wealth. Because you could be wealthy, but sustaining it, because I consider it be something you could that, pass yeah. to your children. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, if it's sustainable, like, you could be wealthy all day, be able to buy whatever you want, but is there a way to create sustainable wealth consistent like, that you could pass down to your seed?
2: Right, legacy,
1: yeah.
0: Well, I don't know. I, I I I feel like I feel like the the way to do that is to not worry about the right now. You understand? For for example, for example, say say you decide you know what during the pandemic I know how to sew really really well and I make blankets. You know, you start selling the blankets. You
1: definitely w- open up an Etsy store.
0: Yeah. Th- there you go. But see, and, and at that point, then what you do? You 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 start to work at. Making your name a household name, making, making Esther synonymous with quality blankets to where when people think about it, it's, oh my God, it's, it's Esther blankets. We, 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 we got to get those. You know, she only makes about six of them a month. So, you know. Okay, wow, well, is that okay? Understood. And then you teach your kids that. You teach them how to handle these, these things, how to handle the money, the income. You have to let them know that, look, you might make, let's say, $30,000 you don't you don't use that as income. You use that as um, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Uh, I guess invest- collateral. You can say in a way. You collateral use, so we'll use to invest. Investment investment. Yeah, you use it to 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 advertise your business. You use it to to buy better um, uh, quality Equit, uh, equipment. Whatever. And and you, you, you use the money you have to better what you have. So, yeah, you might make $30,000 and maybe only, let's say, 5000 goes into your savings. The other 25000 is going to be used to grow your business. I mean, what, what, what do y'all think? Seth, Alex? So, let me, let me
4: uh, jump on that right there. Um, so,
3: yes. There was this show on Netflix with one of my favorite rappers, um, Killer Mike, he did this call thing called trigger warning. And I think it was the second video. So he starts off going to the school and he's talking to the kids. He's like, who wants to be president? And everybody's raising their hand. He's like, I'm going to stop you right there. There's a good chance you, not, you might not be president. You Sorry, it's just life. But what you could do is become a, a mason, a plumber, Something in the trade, some trade, learn some trade, whereas you're still valuable, you still hold some type of value, you could do something. You know, we, we somehow in America, we went from industrial to service-based. And when we went into lockdown, a lot of those services were rendered optimally or not useful. Like, right? so think. the bartender, she can't work because the bar is closed.
4: So oh, the concept to
1: find something, you have to, oh, that's another thing I thought about is having multiple streams of income. That is- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always necessary if wealth is going to be generated. There can't just be, is that true, Seth?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely true. But it all, it all boils down to self actualization. You have to recognize, like, what was it, Mike? uh just said you you know you have to recognize your talents and and, and your skills strengths weaknesses and resilience. if you don't start there if you don't start there you'd have no clue you don't know what to do and you'll you'll fall you know um victim to any get rich quick scheme out there you know like somebody says hey i got a great way to make money you're all for it because you haven't prepared right? so you have to know what you're capable of doing Ask somebody, hey, what am I good at? What am I bad at? You know, during these times, you want to find an avenue to make some additional money, some extra income, because you're not working or whatever the case is. You have to sit down and do some self-reflection, sorry, and find out what you're good at. And then capitalize on that. You know, like, you know, um, know, if I can give you a a really quick tip, something really simple. Uh, You want to know how to build wealth during the pandemic. If you are working a, a decent job and you're one of the lucky ones that are still employed, and you have uh, retirement benefits, uh, now is actually a good time to max out your 401k. You know, think about it. You're buying uh, shares in your 401k while the market's fluctuating, right? This is what the market does, right? Your hope is to contribute a little bit more than your employer matches. When you do that, you're hoping to buy when the market is here. So when the market shoots back up, you have a gain,
4: right? Now you can do that
2: until this pandemic corrects itself, and then you can scale back and go back to contributing what you were in the past, right? That's, that's one quick tip. Somebody mentioned, uh, looking, you know, starting a business, you know, uh, you know, that's not a bad idea. There are plenty of things you can do. There are plenty of options out there. You can, uh, you can Uber, Uber is still, uh, active. You can DoorDash. Uh, there's this, I don't know what it's called, but you can go shop for people and deliver it to the door and get paid for it. There's so many things you can do. In- Instacart, right? I'm sorry. Excuse my ignorance. But then, um, there's so many things you, you do. You just have to open up your eyes. You, have to, you, you can't just be blind to what's going on around you. You have to pay attention uh, to everything and have a global view of what's going on in the world, not just in your country. And you'll, you'll find ways. You'll find ways. You'll, you'll generate ideas and ways to make additional money. It's really not that, it's really not that hard. It's have
1: not. To, so looking at yeah. supply and demand, like see what people want. Well, <laughs> I
4: mean, just, I just mean, like you said,
3: Oh, they- no, look at this. Um, I wanna say it was last year or the year before, white claw seltzer, uh, hard seltzer came out. And they cornered the market because it wasn't anybody doing that. Now look at the market right now. It's completely saturated with hard seltzer. Everybody's doing it. With hard what? Hard seltzer. Like okay. white claw? Yeah. It- Notice like it was just them. And then look at the market now. There's Budweiser doing it. Smirnoff's doing it. Corona's doing it. It's trash. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Another one came out truly. There's a bunch of them now. Everybody's doing it. And I believe in an open market, free market. That's cool. But you got to understand, like, at this point now, is it even worth getting into the market when it's already saturated? Hmm. or think of something else like um, last week I was in one of the supermarkets and they're selling jello shots I was like jello shots but it's not liquor I was like wow yeah that's what I'm saying you have to find that
4: exactly
0: i realize a lot of the time people don't know what they want until you tell them they want it
3: that's true, that is very true. um Actually, you knew who said something similar to that? Ray Kroc, the founder
0: of McDonald's. But hey, yeah, little, hang on, hang on, Pete. A little bit of background everyone. I know Pete because we deployed together. Pete, he Wait, wasn't military. He, he wasn't in the military, but he was attached to my unit on my second to last deployment. He's attached. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cuz cuz he was a he was a civilian, man. He was he was that guy that you was looking at like, "I hate you." You do the same job I do, but you're making six figures, man. I, I'm going to murder you tonight when no <laughs> one's looking. <laughs> That's why I got out. That's why I literally I got out. I got out. The, I was a 62
3: Bravo at the time. I was making roughly about $32,000 a year as a specialist. Six years there. <laughs> got out. When I was worth him, I was making $89,000 a year. I just find worth- the
4: they military
1: peanuts. I don't like that.
3: Oh, uh, you're wealthy. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm smart. <laughs> I'm smart. But but you got hey, that
0: yeah, that's part of it, man. With that's part the of the same it. logic as this whole pandemic thing is going on. Pete decided to to. Ooh, is it Uber? You're doing? Yeah, I do Uber Eats.
3: I used to Uber, but because I didn't want to, I don't want to contaminate myself and my car and my friends and family. I just do Uber Eats.
0: Um, he also has. He, you own your own little small um, clothing business, correct? Yes, I currently. I started last year. Um, it's called Alexander
3: Benedict, and it's getting there. It's 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 getting there. The hardest part is trying to gain capital for it. But anyway,
0: you know, you know, it's it's crazy. You say that um, one thing I've realized about people is is people will sit down and say, "Oh man, I started my own business." And I haven't made, you know, $50,000 this week. So I failed and I'm going to quit. But mm-hmm. then turn around and go and spend, you know, $200 on a bottle of liquor. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, not, you're not gaining anything, but you're complaining because you're not gaining anything. I don't, I don't understand what, the, what the, the, the whole logic behind that is. It's wow. a mentality. It comes from <laughs> where we all
2: grow up in. You. <laughs> You you hit it on the nail. Um, You hit it on the nail. Seriously, like one's uh, uh, mental attitude is very critical to building wealth. Like if you look around you, like you see you you ever take a look at how wealthy people look? Yeah, the people, the people, the CEOs are walking around in in khakis and white T-shirts, and the people that work for them are dressed up in three-piece suits and ties. You know what I'm saying? They know what to invest their money in. Like. I mean I, I can't really talk. I mean I like nice things and I, I spend my money on a lot of things that I should I have no reason spending it on. I like nice cars, I like jewelry, this, that, and the third, but those are not the things you should focus on, you know, investing your money in. They're not investments. They're they're luxuries, you know what I'm saying? So you you need that discipline. And once you have that discipline, uh, you know, things will work out right for you. I'm telling you, you'll make the right decisions and you'll reap the benefits of it, right? I mean, I can with all the jewelry I have, I can probably have probably a decent amount of shares in Apple or Google even, you know? (laughs) But I I made some wrong choices in the past. I know better now, but, you know. uh,
1: It depends on if you're able to do it or not because also with the mentality comes, as you said, like the health of it. You have to like do something positive in the direction that will make you happy. So like buying a nice chain or something will give a person positive views of themselves so then perhaps they could actually do something positively in a business stream. You understand what I'm saying? Of course. Like, because the pandemic also yeah. made a lot of people feel depressed. You understand what I'm saying? Like, oh, I don't true. know what to do. I feel lost. And then they got some in unemployment money and they were able to go buy some, some lobster that they couldn't before. And it's like, oh,
4: God, <laughs> again.
2: You know, know? That's, that's all good and dandy if I can interject, but that's temporary happiness, right? Okay. You know, whenever, whenever you picked up, when that piece of jewelry gets old, what happens? You're sad again. You got to work in a permanent fix. It's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle, you know, uh, so, not just uh, the, the luxuries, but the, the whole lifestyle. I mean, you got to work out, exercise, you know, like, you know, you, you just, it's, it's the whole lifestyle,
3: you know?
0: So uh, let, me, let me ask you, one a question.
3: People,
0: go ahead. With that being said, with, with everyone re- receiving their, uh, the, the, the unemployment, $600, right? Now that we're already here, now that we're already in this situation, how do you guys feel that people can turn that $600 into something more? Because this unemployment isn't going to last forever. It's going to stop. If we get another round of stimuluses, it'll only be just one. You know what? What? What do y'all think we can do at that point to make that 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 stimulus check worth it, or to make these last few um, unemployment checks worth it? How can we turn it around, or is, or do y'all feel like it's too late? No, no, it's never no. too late.
1: <laughs> Actually, no. it is too late because that six hundred dollars aspect to the unemployment was was stopped already. So, hopefully, people were saving the $600 a week from prior to, and then they would have a lump sum of money that they can work with moving forward. But go, somebody else has a, a view on this one, how to make it work would be to put the money to the side and actually invest it or start the business.
3: You know, that's, that's, I mean, that's <laughs> a
1: good.
3: I'm sorry. Personally, how I feel about it, it's never too late to do anything. You just have to first sit down and realize what's what the market's calling for because the market's there you know? yep. the demand is always there um, especially nowadays we've we've more ventured to a more service-based indes- industry so there's always things people need especially when it comes to convenience so yeah i mean the market's there you just gotta you gotta feel for it you gotta like i saw this ad for this app. It was weird. I thought it was a very weird app. So, it was kind of like Uber, but a security version. Like, you would you would go through the app, and the app would tell, like, your your parents or your bestie that where you're at. It's weird. I thought it was very weird, but with the whole coronavirus protest, protest and everything, everybody's on high alert. So, I
0: thought that was pretty weird, but it's a market. You know who's not going to like that? You know who's not going to be a market for that? Guys with side chicks, okay?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say it's beneficial for parents with children who want to just roam and they know where they are. That's a good, that's a pretty good app service. Let me have a private eye, check my child while I'm watching Netflix. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, that is, that's, that's, that, that, that makes a lot of sense.
1: A lot of us don't like to do anything for ourselves anymore think of, like the new generation forgot what it's like to go to a library and look for information because everything's on Google. Right. So it's right. definitely a service-based world in which we live. Someone who can do something for me.
0: What were you going to say, uh, Thomas? You were going to say uh, so, how we can... Uh, to that,
2: yeah, I was going to say, that was, that was actually a good question about the stimulus checks if, if, if it's too late to do something. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Um, you know... Like Mike said, it's never too late, but I believe it all depends on your individual circumstance, right? So, you know, you're talking about taking the money from the uh, uh, stimulus check, saving it up, and using that to, you know, give yourself a jump start to start your own business or something. But right? it depends on your individual circumstance. I say I'm a big believer of not variating from the stages, you know? You, you got to stay in line. Walk that straight line is the fastest way between any two points, okay? Don't take shortcuts. And what I'm trying to say is that. You you gotta. I'm going back to self actualization, recognizing your talents and skills, and developing it. Achieving financial well being, then achieving wealth. So if you get that stimulus check, all right, but you're loaded. You're 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 drowning in debt. Why use that check to start a business? Pay down your debt.
0: You see what I'm saying? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. But with that though, with that. What if, say, I'm drowning in debt, right? I receive a $1,200 stimulus check. Or better yet, if I have children, now I'm receiving, let's say, $2,000, $2,500, right? Let's just say. If I decide, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I know Thomas. Thomas knows about investment banking. I'm going to say, hey, here's $200. Could you invest this for me and maybe turn this into something else? Or, Mm -hmm. you know... Or, or, you know, should I just pay everything off and not put myself in a position where I may be able to somewhat, I, I, I don't know, uh, 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 change my situation within the next month or so? Because like you said, that, that stimulus is only a one-time thing. It will run out. What happens once it runs out? And if I can put myself in a position with maybe $200 to better myself, why not take that, take that opportunity? You understand what I'm saying? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, uh, still, you know, I would tell you to, you know, I would, I wouldn't do it if you're loaded in debt and you don't have. So first of all, uh, what we tell people in the industry, you should have six months of living expenses saved up in a savings account for emergencies. Right? Like After if you don't have that, we can't invest your money, right? You have to have some sort of uh, fallback money or savings. You, you only invest discretionary money, and let me explain to you why, because. You take that $200, right? You're backed up in debt. You give that $200 to me to invest and make something out of it, right? But then you run into a financial difficulty. You're gonna come right back to my office and say, hey, Thomas, can I get that $200 back? I need to pay for daycare, right? And then I have to go sell the shares and then you're gonna have taxes. You might make a loss. So you just basically, uh, you know, put yourself in your $200, right? (laughs) And, And I know, and if you came to me with $200, well, talk, I tell you to go to Robin Hood. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Ruthless. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's a sensible thing to do. You know, you can't pay my fee to uh, invest your money with $200. I know it was an example. I'm
0: busting your chops. Well, here's my, yeah. here, here's my thing, right? And I, real quick, me, let me ask you a question because, like I said, you're the, you're, you're the finance guy here. So, say, say, I'm, say I'm in debt $12,000, right? Right and I receive a stimulus check of $2,000. At the end of the day, well, if, if, if I'm, if I'm in the $12,000, if they're telling me you pay this entire $12,000 or we're, we're cutting you off of everything, what is my little, you know, what is, what is my, I'm sorry, if they say, you know, you're in debt, this, this is $12,000. What, what is my little hundred dollars going to do? At that point, if it's going to do nothing, if they're still gonna cut me off because it's only twelve hundred dollars, why not take that twelve hundred and turn it and maybe turn it to twelve thousand? Maybe it might take me a month or so, but if if there's a possibility, you know, that you can turn this into something bigger than what it is, and then a month now I can pay that off completely, why not take that chance?
3: One word, interest. Interest? Interest. Because you're still, you still owe, <laughs> and on top of but
0: unpaid interest, which grows, the interest never goes away. I, I understand that, but even if I pay the twelve thousand, the twelve hundred dollars that I have now, it's still going to gain interest. It's, in fact, it's going to gain interest. You're going to cut me off anyway, and I'm still going to be left with with uh, with a, a level of debt I still can't afford.
2: so here here's what you're not getting, right? Uh, and not, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say not getting. Here's what we're not understanding. Uh, you cannot, you can't, you can't cheat the process, right? You, if you don't have financial freedom, you shouldn't be investing. You ever see Mad Money? I forgot Jim Cramer, right? He was giving a tip on one of his episodes about investing in stock, right? He said, first, you need to get a global view of what's going on. And then you narrow it down to an industry. And when you narrow it down to an industry, you narrow it down to a particular stock, if that stock is out of your reach or is too expensive for you to purchase, then it's not for you. You don't invest. So what I gather from that is if you're burdened with debt, you shouldn't be investing in the stock market. If you don't even have savings, uh, you know, if you don't have, if you don't have savings in the bank in case of an emergency, why are you investing in the stock market? You're, you're just creating a, a, a situation that's difficult to get out of because if you run into a financial difficulty, you got to go pull the trade. You pull the trade, you can make a loss. You're in a in a worse position. So, so you have no reason whatsoever, whatsoever. Sorry, investing monies in any vehicle for that matter, if you're not debt free, if you don't have discretionary income, the only thing you should be investing is discretionary income, so monies that you're not going to need for a long time. Because the market, here's the thing about the market, it fluctuates a lot on the short term. So in, in, in the interim, it'll you'll get a lot of that. Right, but it outperforms all the other asset classes. I think Mike was just talking about interest. You know what the banks are paying on interest today? You're lucky if you get a point one zero percent, ten basis points. It's nothing. You know, it's pointless putting your money in the bank. Right? It's better. I'm not going to say this on on uh, I don't know on, on your podcast. Don't put it on your pillow under the bed. But like, <laughs> the banks are the same people. The bank isn't paying anything. So what I would do in a situation like this is is you got to look at your debt. If you have high interest credit cards charging you 20, 29 percent, the (laughs) bank's actually paying, you know what I'm saying? The bank's actually paying you a a tenth of a basis point. uh, Point, sorry. What do you do with that money? You pay off the high interest rate debt. You don't put it in the bank. You see what I'm saying? You pay off your debt. Don't cheat the process. Become debt free and then invest in vehicles that will drive well. That's what you do.
0: So. So okay so with that being said what do you do now now that this is all this is already you know the state of the, of the world now that we're already struggling and suffering how do we set ourselves up to get out of this in the future how do we make sure that when the next pandemic hits or the next storm happens we are not you know 6 okay. months behind on our payments we don't have enough to support ourselves if we get shut down again he already gave you the answer the answer is yeah, first off yeah. First off, get rid of debt. After yeah. that, save. Save. Yeah, See, but that's, that's the whole thing. Y'all make it seem as if getting rid of debt is like throwing out a piece of paper. It's no, it's hard. not. It's, very time. It's, it's very time it's very consuming. End, at the end of the day, most people will not get out of debt after this. You understand? There's still going to be some sort of struggling. And I get that. that uh-huh. That's just the way it is at this point. What I'm trying okay. to say is, what happens now? Now that we've struggled, now that we've, we've gotten to a place to where, hey, you know what? During these past couple of months, you know, I missed two months of my rent. You know, now that things are okay, how do I, what should I do? What steps do I need to take? To put myself in a better place. Should I save money? Should I focus straight on paying off what I owe? Should I set aside a little $20 under my pillow every week? What can I do to wait if this happens again two years down the line? I'm okay.
3: Easy. easy. Yeah, One, easy, easy. You, you need to first sit down and I would say first off sit down and start thinking about what do you need? What is essential to you? Like what can you do and do without? One, think about getting a second job or something that, that, that f- whatever free time you have, you can invest in. Because time is money, yo. Absolutely. Don't let nobody tell you different. Time is money. Absolutely. And then if you have debt, get rid of debt. Debt is the first, the first step to financial freedom is
2: getting out of debt.
3: Absolutely,
2: yeah, you sound like Suzy Irman,
4: man.
3: <laughs>
2: you sound like an advocate for Susie Armen. I like that, though. I do. I do. <laughs> He's absolutely right. He is absolutely right. I mean, you got to become that free. But you know, you're, you I'm gonna. I'm stuck in this record of um uh of uh you know achieving financial well being and and that self actualization. It's all your state of mind. You, the only thing that will take you out of whatever issues you're experiencing during this time. Is your state of
0: mind? You know what? You me me personally, I don't know. I, I do I do agree that you know, we need to get rid of debt and, and set ourselves up for a better for a better, I guess, future, you could say. But at the end of the day, like I said, I, I do you have to understand that debt is not it's, sometimes it's not as easy, you know, for, for 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 people to just say, Hey, I'm gonna move on. Sometimes it's hey, you should get out of debt. Okay, I understand getting out of debt, but at the same time, my, my friend right here is telling me if I invest a thousand dollars into his business, he can guarantee me a, a two thousand dollar turnaround within a month. You know, sometimes it's he's lying I, to you, he's lying, he's lying. Yeah, yeah, listen, <laughs> listen,
2: nothing, nothing is guaranteed in this life other than the fact that you have to die. All right, listen, exactly, well, listen, you don't are, listen, are, listen uh,
0: this passes. man, this man might be saying, Hey, you know what. Um, let me get a $1,000 so I can go get me a couple of goons so we can rob this bank. I guarantee you 2000 that Like, you know, you know, he might, he might have guarantees. Right yeah, I, guarantee, I guarantee your money
2: will double, but your sentence may double as well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Listen, um, look, you asked about what do you do now to, uh, to prepare yourself for the next pandemic,
0: right? Um... Hold on, well, hold on. Before you answer that, here's what I want you to do. I want you to talk to us like we just walked into your office. And we're okay. sitting there. We're your future customers. I want you to tell us what you would tell your future customer if I came and said, hey, look, with everything going on, I want to put myself in a better place for the next two years. You know, And you okay. ask me, I'm like, yeah, I got a little bit of debt and so on. So on. what would you tell me? Well, I'd, I'd have to look
2: at the full picture. So I'd have to know exactly what you're your debt looks like, your, your debt makeup. I'd have to know what your income looks like, you know, uh, and then I'd have to get an idea of your goals. Well, what are you trying to achieve? Yes, if paying off debt is first and foremost because you're burdened with it, we'll come up with a plan to do that. And, and I wanted to uh, talk about that earlier. Paying off debt doesn't necessarily mean taking all the cash assets that you have and just getting rid of debt. Not necessarily the case. There are different ways that you can do it. You can look at a debt consolidation loan. And have a plan to get out of debt in four or, five, three, four or five years. You know, it doesn't have to be all in one shot. But what I'm saying is not to cheat the process. You stick to it, become debt free, gain financial well being, and then try to build wealth. So it's a plan. It may take longer than your buddy coming up to you and say, "Hey, give me a thousand bucks, and I'll double it uh, by investing it into my business." You know, don't don't. That's a get rich quick scheme. If you ask me, I, I too good to be true. I'd leave that alone. I'd stick to the plan. If it will take me five years to become debt-free and then I know I have X amount of money at my discretion that I can invest in vehicles that will drive well, hey. I'll look forward to that five years. You know, And in the meanwhile, I'm working out of stuff uh, You know, to help me get to that stage or that, that mental, uh, what was I saying earlier? The mental status of self-actualization. I'll work in everything else that needs to be worked on. Right? Now, it, one, one thing that I find works for me is you know, if if I were to depict wealth uh, on canvas, here's how I would do it, right? And I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a little bit controversial. I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I would I would depict it as a subset. I would have a large circle, right, and a smaller circle in between. Now, the smaller circle in between. That is the top 1%. That's wealth. That's where wealth lives. All right? The outer circle is everybody else. Call it minorities, whatever you want to call it. The people that don't have access to wealth. All right? Now, our parents, and I'm sorry, I love your mom and dad, but y'all thought me that I should go to school, I should sit in the front of the class, listen to my teacher, do my homework, get good grades, graduate, find a job, find a woman... Get married, have kids, buy a house, live the American dreams. I'm sorry, live the American dream. All right. That's what we teach our kids. And so that's the circle, right? We teach our kids that because of certain limitations that we figure, hey, we can't break it. So let's do our best. So we'll teach them to do this and, and live the same lives we live, right? But what happens is we pass that on to our kids and our kids pass it on to our kids, and you'll never break that cycle, right? Now, the outer circle. That's the top, no, I'm sorry, the inner circle, that's the top 1%. They teach their kids the same thing. Go to school. Sit in the front of the class. Listen to your teacher. Do your homework. Pay attention. Graduate. Start your own business. Become an entrepreneur, the source that drives wealth for waters. All right? Okay, that's the difference. All right? We teach, in reality, we teach our kids, and I'm going to say it, black people, we teach our kids how to achieve financial well-being and be comfortable. And Caucasians, the more affluent, the more affluent. affluent, There you go. They teach their kids how to become entrepreneurs and how to pass on legacy. You know what I'm saying? So that's generational wealth, right? Exactly. Exactly. I like that word. So now, in order for you to break that cycle, you have to stretch, and you have to. You got to get really uncomfortable. You have to disassociate yourself with the. You know how you got. Every culture has good and bad, right? You disassociate yourself with uh, the bad of your culture and embrace the good, all right? Uh, you you want to create good habits or new habits. Uh, for instance, you, you want to be well-informed. So like I said, pay attention to uh, you know, uh, the news. Get a global understanding of what's going on around you, right? So that you can basically have conversations with wealthy people, right? If you approach a wealthy person uh, on the street... And all you can talk about is a show on Netflix. They won't give you the time of day. You'll you'll get their attention for about two minutes, and then you know they're gone, right? <laughs> but you want to make you want to you want to network, and you want to uh, associate yourself with people that are magnets for success. And then they can be your mentor, right? They can be your guy. They can be the gateway into that inner circle. And I'll tell you, once you get into that inner circle where Walt lives, all the doors open up for you. So in this time, during this pandemic. What, I know it's difficult with, with quarantine and all that, but you have to find creative ways to network and meet people, people that are magnets for success. You know, go on LinkedIn, you know, uh, hit somebody up. Hey, how you doing? I see you've been working with for, for so many years. You know, how you like doing it? Start a conversation. You know, you have to find creative ways to network in people, today's environment. And networking will get you into that. And all the doors will open up. You might be, you, I'm sorry. No, that's I'm it. sorry. I, I was you, asking Pete if you turned Super Saiyan. He's over here like, Aah! No, no,
3: <laughs> no. When he said LinkedIn, when he said LinkedIn, yes, I heard Super Saiyan level two. No, uh, you know when people don't have a LinkedIn account, like that's absurd. Yes, that's Absolutely.
4: I have.
0: Everybody, I don't understand. Oh my god! <laughs> you, you feel pretty strongly about that LinkedIn, huh, Pete? <laughs> no, I mean, dude, It's is amazing, it's, man. It's it's, it's, it's literally no, it's, it's good.
4: It's really uh, like
2: Facebook for your resume.
4: That's what I was going
2: to say. And it's a great way to meet people. You don't have to go to a bar and expose yourself to the coronavirus, you know, uh, yeah. to network and meet people. You get on LinkedIn and you, you know, you inbox them. Hey, you know, uh, tell me about what you do. How you like it? How do you, how do you get there? How do you how, you, how did you, how did you get there? What is the process? You know, what do I have to do to be like you? You know?
0: Well, Seth. You just, Yeah. Now, now that you talk, what was that? You, you spoke on um, on passing down, you know, uh, uh, little tidbits from the from the older generation. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna use that as a segue into our next topic. Uh, We're yeah. gonna talk about a little about religion and spirituality. No, one, you know, your father was a, a pastor, I believe it was. And yeah, he still is actually. Oh, okay, well, that's so well, well, talk then, about then. that. You should you should you should have some some input on this. My, my my question about religion and spirituality is we we've seen oh that there's wars fought about this. People are killing each other and disagreeing on this and have been for hundreds of years, hundreds of thousands. Millennia. Millennia. Exactly. It, it, it's, it's a hot button topic. My question is: prior to the introduction of Christianity and Catholicism to to black people, to, to the slaves that were taken, what did we believe in? And, and more importantly, what happened to that belief? Why did each generation like, water it down to the point to where now it's not taught anymore, you know? I mean, if you look at the uh, Native Americans, they, they believed in, uh, in wind spirits and fire gods and, and things of, of that nature. And up to this day, if you meet some of them, It will explain to you that their parents still teach them that. that, That's still something active in their tribe. They understand about Jesus and God, but they choose to pass down the education of what was believed in the past. Why do you guys feel like we don't do that? Because I I feel like prior to Christianity, we believed in something. I don't necessarily know what it is. Um, When I I researched it, what it said is it was kind of like... they said that we believed it was spirituality for the most part, to where everything that we did in life was intertwined with religion. So, you know, getting up in the morning and, and putting your energy into getting things done was intertwined. But again, that's just what I found. You know, you guys might have found different things. You guys might have seen different things. My question is, why is it that we stop passing that down to each other? You know, I now I understand that because of slavery, Christianity was beat into us. It was this is what it is. And either you believe it or, you know, this is what's going to happen. You know, that's but a, at the same a great choice of words. Shut up. It Pete. was being into <laughs> us. You're right. But but hold on. But at the at the at the same time, why is it it wasn't? Hey, you know what? This is what we're being thought. But I want you to know this, but understand your roots, understand your background and where this came from. Um, w- what are your
3: thoughts on this?
4: I'm gonna say. Oh, um, who's gonna go first? No, go first. ahead. No, go ahead. Ladies first. Ladies first. Thank ladies you. First. No, um, I was gonna say. Well, you go
0: first if, if it was ladies first. I mean, he is the biggest lady in here. <laughs> <laughs> You're not talking about me, already. That's me, <laughs> I'm talking about Pete. <laughs> oh, okay.
4: <laughs> really.
1: I was going to say that,
4: okay, this is a vast topic because the amount that us as a race
1: and the African continent, okay, one, it has millions of resources that a certain set of people wanted and they wanted to get it at all costs. And part of that is breaking down the mentality of people breaking down what keeps them together. So I'm going to say that more African people had a spirituality, not necessarily religious beliefs. You understand what I'm saying? Like they would more deal with their ancestors. And then every single country in Africa has multiple different tribes and each different tribe had different beliefs for lack of better speech per se. So one, you're separating
4: Families, You're separating people and you're breaking down the foundation of their spirituality. So,
1: no, they're not able to have it be taught, especially if they went into specific tribes and did the transatlantic slave trade. You understand what I'm saying? And then even here, we're not taught about our history because it's not there to be taught, if that makes sense. It's not written. It's more verbal. You know, if there's no one there to verbally express it to you, and no one who was there to teach it in the first place, how are we going to pass it down? It uh, was just meant to like constantly break us to forget where we came from. So this is all we have to hold on to. I
0: mean, I, I get that, but the, but the, my, my question is, why choose to not pass it down? Now, I I, I understand that they might have intermingled different tribes, so it was kind of hard to stick to one religion or one 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 belief at that point but once you have a child just just like how for example um my daughter for example my seven-year-old doesn't believe in santa claus um she yeah she came and she she asked me about santa claus and you know i i try to sugarcoat it a little bit i did for like a year or two then after a while it was no i want you to know that mom and dad work hard for this you know, mm-hmm. we, we do, you, you, you do good things and you earn these things. So my, my daughter doesn't believe in Santa. But at one point I did try to teach her. But as she got older, it was, no, I, I don't believe in it. This is, this is what I feel. And, and I, I made the point to inform her on both aspects. Like, listen, this is, this is Santa Claus and this is not Santa Claus. And she made her choice on what she wanted to believe. You understand? Now, she chooses to believe on the elf on the shelf and she likes little stuff like that. You know, and I can't even say necessarily she believes it. I feel like she knows that we move it and we do all this stuff, but it's just kind of a kind of a way for her to bond with us, like, hey, you know, this is what we do. My question is, why wouldn't we have just thought the younger generation the, the same thing? Like, look, this is Christianity, but this is what we believed prior to this. Because there was that Yeah, pit- yeah
1: Mental psychological breaking down of a people—that's where it comes from.
4: So they use religion. Can I? Hmm? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just saying. I really feel like they, it, religion
1: was used as a vessel to yeah, break. it was a tool. Exactly to break people away from what they logical. You understand? So if you you kind of psychologically get broken. You're going to forget where you came from and forget what you need to do in terms of passing things along. As a race, we're like really persecuted from how we look, yeah. what, what we believe in. So we're constantly being beat down saying like, you shouldn't believe in this. This is the only thing that matters and in order to survive. We did have to forget where we came from to a certain extent because we're going to be killed if we try to learn how to read, if we do our own spiritual things. You understand what I'm saying? That's how I
0: feel. And I get that. The thing is, a lot of, a lot of slaves at that point thought that, hey, you know what? You're going to kill me for this, but I'd prefer to do it anyway. You know? That, that, that's so, how much conviction they had and what they believed in. You know? Now, I true. wasn't there, so I can't necessarily say, hey, this was the best thing or not, but I can only speak of you know some of the choices they made well, I, what we know but I mean but hey you know uh, Thomas you, you grew up in a, in a religious household what do you think?
2: Well so I, I agree you know I'm sorry I'm having technical difficulties on my side what, what's the young lady's name again? Esther I missed... I'm sorry?
1: Esther?
4: Esther? Okay, like
0: the bible like the bible yeah oh that's <laughs> <laughs> Oh or or like or like Esther Baxter for most of those of us who remember who that
1: was. Oh my God stop
2: it. <laughs> so, so you know I have to agree with her. Like it's 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 kind of like survival, you know. We went into survival mode. It's not I wouldn't say that we didn't pass it down because look, I'm pretty sure some of you remember your great great I remember my grandparents my grandparents telling me stories, you know, about mm-hmm. you know and about traditions and stuff like that, you know, but a tradition like that, I mean, what, what did we worship pre-slave, uh, pre-slavery? We worship sun gods, moon gods, this, that, and the third, you know? I mean, can you imagine if we chose to do that today The ridicule that we would face? You know okay, what I'm saying? Look. So it's really protecting our image. We already, we already have a bad one as it is. I mean, you know, like, yeah, I mean, people perceive us to be a certain way and not all of us are like that, you know? Uh, so that's one more thing to add to the list. I mean, to embrace pre-slavery religion. Or a spirituality, you know? I feel like that, if that's something you want to do, you need to do that in the privacy of your own home. You know, you need to get like a spiritual room, not a prayer room. Like get a spiritual room, and you go in there and you practice that if you want to. But yeah. mm-hmm. you will be ridiculed if you do that publicly. I don't think that will ever be accepted. We have evolved as a people, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, forced to forget our old practices uh, based on societal trends, right? And us and, and try, and trying to fit in. You know, we've spent our entire lives trying to fit in and we probably will spend the rest of our lives trying to fit in, you know. Let me uh, ask you a so, question. Like sorry mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt. Sorry
4: but from what you're Go saying, ahead. Ahead. let me get I this. wanted to say that I am the kind of this. A...
0: So just just a quick question for you. So you you have a daughter. I've I've seen your daughter. Do you do you teach her okay. about about jumbie and obia and and all of these things from back home. Come on, man. Oh my God! <laughs> Ooh, yeah, not to I, the I, I scared the heck of the one. And see, and that's my <laughs> point. That's my point. We are West Indian, but we right. still teach our kids about the that was believed prior to, prior to Christianity. I tell my daughter about Obia, I tell her about Jumbi. I right. tell her about putting the salt across the doorstep. I tell her about when you hear the cats crying, if you go outside, right. like all of these things. I teach my daughter, and granted, it may not be widely accepted today but you know she knows about christianity she knows about catholicism she knows about judaism she knows right. about the muslim the muslim you know culture
4: right.
0: and now she knows about what we believed in back in guyana prior to all of that and what right. some of us still believe so so, so my, my my whole thing is my whole thing is I feel like I understand where you guys are coming from, where it's, hey, you know what? It's all about survival. We have to adopt and and, and survive. We have to teach our kids what necessarily they need to know to survive. But at the end of the day, I feel like you can still teach them that. But on the other hand, teach them, this is what you used to survive, but this is where you came from. This is what was believed in prior to that. Absolutely. So, um, so, Dex, I, like that, I
2: don't man. think that that stuff is hidden. I mean, you can find it. You can Google that stuff and find out what we did prior to slavery, prior mm-hmm. to Christianity. It's, it's even taught in schools. I mean, I I my knowledge of what we did came from school, literally, prior to slavery. Like what we did came from school. I don't know. They never teach me that. Who you went to? Like, I, like,
0: listen, yeah,
2: high school man.
0: You know, when they see, teach that, history, they but that, but see, but Christians that's my point.
3: That
4: in the third.
0: See, but yeah. hold on, but you learned that in high school in Guyana. Right, well, not, not well, here. Okay. I went that's to high good. school and junior high school in America.
2: It's hidden here. Our religion. most it's it's hidden here. I've never, I've, I only went to college here in the U.S. I didn't go to high school here. But what I'm saying, what we've done over the years is we've bottled those traditions into superstitions. You know what I mean? All the, the Obi stuff and the salt by the door and all that, that's all superstitions. You. If you <laughs> express that, somebody's going to tell you you're very superstitious, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, so it's not there; it's being passed down. Believe it or not, you know, because if you if you know of it, it was passed down, right? Mm-hmm. And you and you pass it down to your kid, so she's going to do the same to hers. So we didn't completely lose it; we just bottled it. It's now considered a superstition, right? W- if that I makes sense. It on the nail, not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, if you go around and start worshiping the sun, they're going to put you in a madhouse.
4: <laughs>
3: You know? That's just, you know, you know what I, was, I mean, you can, you can
0: get into your little prayer room and pray for. I was um, I was watching a movie or pray for the sun, you know, or, or, or something. And the guy, one guy would have got to another guy. And the first one was like, oh, I don't I, I don't believe in um, imaginary friends. And. <laughs> I never thought about it that way until he said it like, wait a second, an imaginary friend. Damn. Bro. That no,
4: isn't... A-
3: what religion is. Bro, and hold on. Let me, let me elaborate on that. And that was the beauty of Christianity. And uh, I'm not knocking everybody's belief. You believe uh, what you believe in. But Christianity was convenient. It was convenient. Let me reiterate. It was convenient. Not only as a two, but it was convenient. It was, you don't have to understand it. You don't have to, to find the logic in it. You just have to believe. And ta-da! Like unicorns. We know unicorns don't exist, but we know what a unicorn looks like. I've seen the, I've seen the interpretation of one, but I haven't seen one. It's a mythical creature. So that's what is—just like- mythical. It's a mythical belief, bro. You're not going to tell right. me Jonah lived in a whale for X amount of days. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> and what's funny is right. I grew up. If, if I grew I up imagine. in the church. I was an life for 10 years. Dude, we taught that in primary school. Right. We prayed. Then you should know that. before the, lunch, the Bible,
2: after lunch. Uh, speaks in parables. And parables are in its simplest form. It's, it's just a life lesson. You know what I'm saying? So, Jonah being in the well, I mean hey, it may it, 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 it is perceived the way it is said or it looks Wait, but between the lines you
4: know So
2: you know what I'm, I mean so maybe it didn't really happen it's just a story trying to uh, create a uh, uh, you know, trying to in God or something, you know I can't remember the story full enough my, my, my dad's probably going to be very ashamed of me if he sees that <laughs> I don't remember the full story, but I remember him getting swallowed and moving from one uh, destination to the next. You know, I mean, I take away from that faith. It's all about what you take away from the parables, from the stories in inside, right? It's meant to teach you a lesson. The Bible is just a guide. You gotta remember it's man, it's written by man, you know? That said, exactly. God spoke to me. So, you know what I'm saying? Why, did, why doesn't God speak to me so I can write a book? You know, I mean, you might feel that way, right? But, you know, it's a lesson. It's a guide. And you, you must use it as a guide. You, you, and that's why when you go to church and you listen to pastors preach and stuff like that, you take everything with a grain of salt and you go back mm-hmm. home and do your own research and try Our to... It
1: Thank you, you for saying that. Nobody ever says that. They're like, oh, do you read the Bible? What? And it says this, this, and this. And I'm like, you're supposed to read between the lines and take the lesson out of it for yourself. I don't get why people don't understand that.
0: Listen, listen. I personally don't. That, go to that's, church. hold on. I, I personally don't go to church. I'm not a huge religious person per se. <laughs> um, I'm I'm more spiritual thing. I'm not saying I don't believe in something. I'm just not arrogant enough to feel like you know we're able to name something that, that we didn't create. You know, first that that that's my opinion personally. Um, I'm not saying I don't believe in a higher power. I just refuse to put a name on it. I, I refuse to believe that there is something up there that is just divine that looks out for the best of everyone because I don't feel like that's necessarily the truth, you know? And when, when, when I speak to people about this, their biggest thing is look at the Bible. And just as you said, I always people, um the Bible was written by man. How do we know that some par- somebody didn't just write in there, hey, my name is Jesus, worship me. Now, I'm not saying Bro, that no, that's not real. I'm not saying don't worship. What I'm saying is the Bible is not, Absolute evidence of something beyond. You understand? And okay. I, I think
3: I think that's my biggest yes. thing.
4: Right.
3: So you believe in oh. the theory of evolution? Me? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. You believe that, a, that we came from? Listen,
0: movies? listen. I believe in a little bit of both. I believe. In a, here's my thing, right?
4: Evolution.
0: <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's my thing. Let me let me let me, let me put you this way. Usually, in fact, I, I've had this talk with a with a pastor one time. Actually, we, we kind of disagreed on this for a moment. Because my thing is, I'm not so arrogant to feel like I know everything. So if you can change my mind, I would love for you to change my mind. I'm am, I am very much open to that. Because the scariest thing in the world is not believing in a God that doesn't exist, is having nothing to believe in. You know how terrifying that is? That's a terrifying thing to, to live with all on, on, to time, to, to have nothing to believe in, to believe that there's nothing out there, there's nothing after this. Like That's horrifying. That's an actual song for that. There's a song for that. <laughs> What's the Gatwin? But I had a conversation with the pastor and um, I asked him, I said, hey, so, you know, in, to, to you, you know, God is all knowing. God knows everything. And he said, yes, that's, that's how it is. So he knows everything that we're going to do prior to doing it. He said, yes, that's exactly what it is. I said, OK, so let me ask you a question. Technically, he knew Pandora was going to open the box and he left it there. He knew that Eve was going to eat from the tree and he, <laughs> <laughs> there. he, he set us up for failure. fail. He's like, well, no, that's not the case. I said, okay, so then what you're saying is he's not perfect. He's not infallible, which again, I can live with that, but you can't argue both facts. You can't sit down and say he's perfect, but yet he makes mistakes. You know, i.e. he made Lucifer either to be an angel or to be the devil and then punished him for it. But once some people look at it, if Lucifer is the gatekeeper of hell, right. then technically isn't he necessarily kind of the good guy? If, if he's the parole officer of hell, if he's, the, if he's the guard, how can he be that bad? More importantly, if he is that bad, if yeah. God seen everything and knew what was going to come, why
3: create him?
4: Okay.
3: I mean, if, if,
0: again, like I said, I can't claim to know it all. If someone could change my mind, I would gladly accept that. I would love hey, to believe in something. Let,
3: let me attempt to change your mind, right? So, if you're the doorkeeper for a trap house, does that make you a good guy?
4: No. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely not. No. But right, here's so why. Thing. Why not? Look,
0: why not? Hold on. But see, but that's but that, but that but that was my choice.
3: Activities. But um, that
0: was my choice. Yeah. Listen, but that was my choice. What you choice? Mean, if, you ma- if you make a robot that only turns pages, right, and you give him a book that's not supposed to be open, is he wrong for turning the pages? Is he wrong for doing exactly what you designed him for? If he has no other choice, if that's what he has to do, then you can- he's not at fault for doing what he was made for. Now, here is my thing. If you made him with the sole purpose of turning pages and then you give him a book that's never to be opened, can you punish him for doing what you made him for? Technically, you knew it was going to happen. You knew that's what you made him for. You knew he didn't have a yes. choice. Can you punish him yes. we'll have choices. Yeah, what you made him for? Because I don't know if you yes. noticed. A- hold on, hold on, hold on. Really quick. I wasn't at a point. I did go to church. And at one point, they specifically said angels didn't have free will like humans did. That was one of the biggest... Oh, no, they don't. They look, that's one of the biggest reasons they looked down on us because they said we had all of the free will and we took advantage of it. We didn't worship. We didn't, we didn't do what we had to do. That, that was one of the main reasons Lucifer didn't like us as humans. He's like, they get all of the benefits and and, and we're limited, but he they still have his favor. The same thing with, the same thing with Gabriel. So, Before, at, so at the end of the day, if you make something to do a specific thing, how could you get mad when it does that specific thing? Or well, if you knew you he was going to do that specific yeah. thing, why create him just no, j- for the purpose of punishing him? My,
2: my rebuttal to that is, great analogy with a robot, but well, you made a robot to do that. The robot doesn't have the ability to think for itself. It's, it's, it's it, it, it does what it's supposed to do, right? It does what it's programmed to do, but you you know, you know good from bad, right from wrong. You have the ability to make choices and make decisions. So if if you if you were told like hey, your job as a human being is to turn pages, but then here's a book that says do not open and you turn the pages, then you did wrong. So you should be punished for it. Yes. Because you have the ability to decipher wrong from right. But but like I said, according to the Bible. According to the Bible, not to open this book and turn the pages. Even though your job is to turn pages, and you turn around and do it, you're you're defying me. You're disobeying me. Yes, so I should punish you. Yeah, but if you made me for
0: that reason, if that is my purpose, then what? Then then why? Because, like I said, I angels did not have free will. Angels were Mm -hmm. each made for a purpose. Look at Metatron, the voice of God. His specific purpose was to speak for God. Each angel had a specific purpose they weren't just made hey you know what your angels do what you want to do it was you're made for this ah, you're made okay. for this you're here's made a, for that that is your a, uh, main purpose out of life here's a example what do you do for a living, for a living I'm a paralegal
2: you're a paralegal okay now as a paralegal if you decide to go take on a full case and, and, and you know show up in court to defend somebody in court how is that yeah. gonna look it's not your job right it's illegal Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I like how you said that. So, you made the conscious decision to do that. Yes,
3: and but line and to replace the
2: attorney. But but
3: you, you, realize, hold on, but you do
0: realize. Hold, hold, hold on, but you do realize, if I did something like that, if my boss has a hearing, right? And I showed up for that hearing and 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 it was and let's say let's say the client loses, if they even let me represent him, my boss is going to be held accountable.
2: I'm really? going to be held accountable
0: too, but he's also going to be held accountable because it's his job to make sure I don't do something like that. You understand you know, me?
2: Look, I, I spent a lot of time in the courts for traffic tickets, and I can tell you, you can roll up in a suit in time, pretend to be an attorney, and the judge will not even know.
0: <laughs> the, the judge won't know, but when that judge finds out, that person is going to be like, you could, oh, lose, you your, to I could lose my ability to, to even become a lawyer in the future. Yeah you know, that could have sanctions on myself and right. on, my, on my attorney that, that hires me. For example, <laughs> if he says, hey, we're going into the case, and I mean, he don't look it over, he's at fault. Yeah, I'm just being done advocate. I'm not trying to put you on a tangent or anything, but I
2: want you to see that you have, yeah, you have free will and you have the ability to make choices Absolutely. and decisions, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your choices and decisions are right. Yeah.
3: Programmed yes. you to do that, but God didn't program,
2: didn't program Gabriel or who's the name of the voice of God? Meg- Megatron, you said. So Megatron, like
3: transformer. But
2: I, I don't. Know. <laughs> well, whatever. But
3: here, Megatron or Gabriel—they weren't
2: programmed. They were given a job. You understand? Yeah. They were yeah, given angel a was job the angel they of were death. Programmed. so they still have the ability to vary it from that job or that or that um, that, that responsibility. Okay, and yeah, again, that's then. where, yeah, yeah, he was programmed
0: to kill. He was why, God was God the kill. devil, well, he went against he God. God. But, here's my, but here's my thing if you see all and you know all, then you know that's going to happen. But
4: this is another thing, it's like we're well, looking at
0: you what? What? Huh? What? No. what you're
4: forgetting. What, what, no, what you no, this is this what is you're beautiful forgetting. right Sorry, here. <laughs> he, yes, he knows what
3: happened, but. Uh, he wants you to make the right
2: decision. See, he gives you the freedom of choice to do wrong or right. And you will, yeah, yeah, you will reap the benefits for the choice that you make. Yeah, he wants us to come to him naturally. He wants us to choose him, right? Hey. He doesn't want you to force, he doesn't want to force us to choose him. He wants hey. us to choose him.
0: understand? Hey, That's hey. my understanding. You know what's crazy about this? I've had this conversation with many of people and that was the most logical explanation I've ever heard. Yeah, everyone you have to explain. Everyone, fanat- everyone gets fanatical. <laughs> oh, you don't believe. Oh. But that was the most logical. And if people explain things more that way, I'd be, I'd be more entitled to say, you know what, yeah, I, could, I could see that. I could see
3: that. This was the beautiful part about religion. Religion was basically of like of like ideal to live righteously, I guess, yeah. and the trick was to interpret it, so you could give the Bible to twenty different people and get twenty different interpretations. It's the interpretation that gets us tripped up.
4: Yeah,
3: you know what I'm saying. Just like right now, we're all talking about the 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 tree a lot. Yeah, it was actually two trees, and we're all we're all taking different aspects of this whole thing, and it's beautiful because. Um, I used to watch H, Um, not, not HBO, um, USA a lot. And there's this was one commercial, and they were talking about like different religions. And this one lady said, All paths lead to God. I was like, She's right on the nail. Dude, it doesn't matter what you really believe in, bro. We're all going to go to the same maker one of these days. So, hey, what you believe in is really your
2: choice. Yes. Um, Absolutely. I really like that. That's I, really, I, I really, like that. really, really like that. Yeah. I'm the kind of person that is. Although I grew up in the church, and my religion that I was introduced to was Christianity, I was never introduced to anything else. But I'm very open-minded. Like no way I am. I could. I look. I can meet a woman tomorrow while I'm married, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> I can meet a woman tomorrow. He looked at
1: yeah. his ring too. He was like, "No, nah, I'm married."
2: Yeah. I had to check to make sure my ring was still on. So, <laughs> look, so she can be a different of a different religion she could be muslim and i admire the muslim faith i think they're a very very dedicated faith right you know they pray four or five six times a day and they don't care but i went into a gas station uh here in georgia and uh the attendant not the attendant the guy in the convenience store he was muslim and it was time to pray and he's he's behind the counter praying i think like around four o'clock or something and the line is wrapped around the door Everybody's standing there cursing and, 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 you know, and and saying what they need to say. And he's just back there, you know, doing his thing, you know, and then he gets up and he says, I'm sorry, I had to pray. You know, that dedication right there, I admire. I tell you right now, I would I would switch to be a Muslim in a heartbeat. Like I
0: would do it. It's something. Hey, guys, I actually got a show for (laughs) y'all. I got a show for y'all. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hey, I'm going to have to cut this short. We're running out of time. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We had a great conversation today. I, yeah, I do appreciate all you guys coming in. Um, for all those watching, I'm going to insert the link for Alexander Benedict, uh, where you can get some clothing from my friend Pete here. Uh, thank you all again for joining It's a Great show. See you all next week.
4: Take care, everybody. Thank you guys for coming. That was dope. Thank you, everybody. All right. Peace. <laughs> Bye.